A staff member called me and said the six words that haunt me to this day. Two planes are off the radar. Those two planes have been hijacked and were the ones that hit the towers, and they were from Logan. I wanted to weep as I heard the reports coming out of New York, but I knew I couldn't freeze in the face of the horror that was happening. I could not scream. I could not cry. I had to do my job. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Hey, are you happy? Now that's a great question. Does the sun set high? Does the sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. What's up, happy lifers? Thanks for joining us today. I am so happy that you did. I know we've already put out our regular Monday podcast, but I just can't have this escape me. No, 9-11 is not a holiday. I think it should be, but we'll talk about that in a second. And since we are the official podcast of the holidays, now I guess we're doing wannabe holidays. <laughs> I, I don't know, but I just felt led like I wanted to do one more podcast. So I'm trying to throw one together uh, really quick so I can get it out on actual 9-11 to help us remember the heroes of that day and to pause and reflect. In fact, I'd like to start off this podcast with the Pledge of Allegiance and just think about all those whose lives were lost. The longer I sat today, the more it just, I just could not ignore that voice. It's just such a powerful day. It's such a day of remembrance, of honor, of melancholy, of respect, of hurt, of pain. And I just had to record something. In fact, I actually searched if 9-11 was actually a holiday. And I found out that they've been trying, many people have been trying to make it a holiday for years. But when I first had that thought about it being a holiday, before I even looked it up, I thought, that's kind of weird. I mean, why would you think that, Steve? What's messed up in your brain that you'd want to make a day where 3,000 people lost their lives? Why would you want to make that a holiday? Why would you want to make that a day to celebrate? It was the worst day of domestic terrorism America has ever known. Why would you want to make that a holiday? And then I thought what many of you have probably already thought yourselves. That's exactly what we do on Memorial Day every year in the United States. So I thought, okay, well, I guess. Then what would we call it? I mean, because most of our holidays are called happy. What would we call 9-11? Happy 9-1-1? I mean, (laughs) we might call the other holidays that, but that just seemed weird to me that we would call it happy that we put happy in the definition of a holiday for 9-11. In fact, there are some counties that have actually even made it a holiday. George W. Bush, president of the United States, 
uh, at the time, he made a day. It was uh, He called it Patriot Day, but it's not a federal holiday, but it was a day for us to honor and respect and uh, to remember all those who had, had given their lives in that tragic day of 9-11. And when it comes to happy, even Memorial Day, there's a lot of people that said you should not call Memorial Day happy Memorial Day, but we've been doing it for years. I certainly understand that logic. I mean, it's a day where we're honoring and remembering those that have given their life so that we could be free, so that we could be happy. And I think that's kind of how to, to view it as Happy Memorial Day. It's the day that we, they gave their lives so that we could be free, so that we who are alive today could be happy. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? I like what flagsofvalor.com said to the question, can you say Happy Memorial Day? They said, Yes, of course you can, especially if it comes from a place of grateful joy for the life we live today that was provided by the sacrifices of generations before. And that was the first reason why I did the Pledge of Allegiance in the beginning. But there's a second reason why I put the Pledge of Allegiance in there. Did you know that there's also an oath of allegiance as well? But there's a certain quote that I've seen in movies or TV shows or whatever. I don't even know how it got in the back of my mind. But as I searched that quote, that's when I came across, oh, that's in a thing called the Oath of Allegiance. But before we get to that, I want to read you a story, an inspiring story about 9-11 and a particular life. And believe it or not, this story fits in perfectly, not only with Happy Life and Happy Life Studios, but it also fits in with, get this, the live your life you love and love the life you live <laughs> series we've been doing lately. It's just crazy to me how that just all fits together, but it does. And you've probably heard many heroic and inspiring stories regarding 9-11. There's a lot of them out there. Just like Memorial Day. There's a lot of heroes in there that we should be celebrating. A lot of people that have done heroic things. That's why we can put happy before Memorial Day. And I think it's why it would be okay to call it happy 9-11, even though it was a very tragic and sad day. But there's so many great stories that warm your heart when you read about these people and what the lives they've done. Those two go hand in hand. We've talked about that before. The thrill of victory, the tragedy of defeat, right? Some of our darkest days can be some of our brightest moments when we look back on them, which is the point of doing holidays, a lot of the holidays anyway, in the first place, to remember these stories, to remember the reason why that holiday was created. So you've probably heard a lot of great stories, inspiring stories, motivational stories, heroic stories on 9-11, but you probably haven't heard this one. In fact, the first sentence of this interview of Virginia Buckingham by Jen Babacon says, believe it or not, says, quote, you've heard a whole host of stories about the terrorist attacks on 9-11, but you probably haven't heard this one, end quote. So let's get into this interview of Virginia Buckingham by Jen Babacon that was published in Reader's Digest. I will leave a link in the show notes. September 11th, 2001 is a day I'll never forget. Like anyone else who lived through it, it was a devastating day on which so many innocent lives were lost, and it was also the day my life was hijacked by a national narrative I couldn't control. I was the CEO of the Massachusetts Port of Authority at the time, and in the aftermath, I was personally blamed for the attacks. 
a burden that proved to be almost too much to bear. I lost my job, my colleagues, and the respect of my nation. I've decided to tell my story now because it's one of redemption against all odds. And if redemption is possible for me, then it really is possible for anyone. On the morning of September 11th, I was a working mom with a two-year-old son, and I was five weeks pregnant with my daughter. I was 36 at the time and had been appointed the CEO of the Massachusetts Port Authority, which also meant that I was the head of Logan International Airport for two years prior. The position was a politically appointed one, and I had already served as chief of staff to two Massachusetts governors. It was going well up until that day. We had been working on getting support to build a new runway, and we were making good progress. That Tuesday morning, I was actually on my way to Logan to catch a flight to D.C. I was scheduled to meet with the Federation Aviation Administration, the FAA, I was listening to the radio when I heard the report of the plane hitting the first tower. I thought it must have been an accident like a lot of people did. And then I listened live as they reported the second plane hitting the other tower. Then I knew it was terrorism. A staff member called me and said the six words that haunt me to this day. Quote, two planes are off the radar, end quote. Those two planes had been hijacked and were the ones that had hit the towers. And they were from Logan. I wanted to weep as I heard the reports coming out of New York, but I knew I couldn't freeze in the face of the horror that was happening. I could not scream. I could not cry. I had to do my job, and I had to lead Logan through this. No one knew at the time how the hijackers could have gotten through security. We know now that they carried small knives or box cutters through that went undiscovered. Here's an editor's note put right in the middle of that. Blades four inches or less were permitted on flights at that time. So the ones the hijackers used would not have been confiscated. Back to the story. This sparked a lot of anger. Most of it directed at me. Suddenly, I found myself in the middle of a media firestorm. Story after story and columnist after columnist said I had no business running Logan. Some even went so far as to say that Logan was targeted because of me. Other airports have been compromised too, but mine was the one whose planes took the towers down. It just got worse from there. The governor at the time, Jane Swift, forced me to resign six weeks later. It was either that or she was going to fire me. Then the family of one of the victims sued me for wrongful death. That was absolutely shattering for me to think that a widow and the mother of two children held me personally responsible for the death of her husband. Nights were filled with horrifying dreams that I tossed and turned my way through. Peaceful sleep was a thing of the past. I feared that my name would forever be linked to that disastrous day instead of what it used to be, a good, hardworking person. Someone who would never dream of hurting someone else. And I kept wondering, could I have prevented this? Were the death of all those people my fault? While those around me urged me to move on, to put it behind me, I wondered how moving on from something so horrific as 9-11 was even possible. I didn't know if I would ever find an answer to the question that haunted me endlessly. Was I to blame for this? The idea that I could end the pain was a powerful one, so much so that one evening I entertained the idea of suicide, but instead 
I listened to the voice within that told me to hang on. It was incredibly difficult to do. Ultimately, the wrongful death case was dropped, but the suit against Logan lasted 10 years. It was a long time and it felt every bit of it. When the 9-11 commission report was compiled, I testified before the commission investigators, a panel authorized by Congress. I said, quote, if you find that Logan security was no different than any other airport that day, please say that. Say it for all of us feeling this burden, end quote. It was the first footnote on the report that Logan International Airport security had been no different than any other airport that day. Still, it wasn't enough to help me move forward. I wanted some form of external exoneration, like for the president or someone else to say something about it. I wanted to know that others finally saw that I wasn't to blame and that there was nothing I could have done to stop those planes from hitting the towers. The only thing that saved me was listening to myself. I had to listen to the belief I held within that I could not have done anything else. The security at Logan on 9-11 was exactly the same as it was at every other airport in America that day. None of us could have foreseen that planes themselves would have ever been used as weapons. This entire experience has shown me that when terrible things happen, it's scary. We want to blame someone for it. It makes us feel safer somehow. But that's really no different than blaming a crime victim by saying she wore the wrong thing and that it wouldn't have happened if she didn't. I've also realized that it's so hard, especially as a woman, to be your own hero. We tend to want someone else to come in and be the hero for us, but we can be the hero we need and save ourselves. We have it within us. I had my daughter the spring after I resigned, and about a year later, I began looking for work again. I've always defined myself by my work, but I needed to find a new career path. I have always loved writing. Getting paid to choose the correct words is such a joy, and I couldn't believe it when I got a job writing for the Boston Herald. Unfortunately, that became controversial because of my political past. Several writers there signed a petition for my termination, but I ended up working there for four years until I made the move to the private sector working in public affairs. Over that period of time, I just felt a sense of failure. I was failing to heal emotionally and mentally. I realized that our cultural definition of resilience isn't a good fit for everyone. There's this idea that you can bounce back better than ever, like the trauma never happened. But that isn't true for all of us. It certainly isn't true for me. I wrote the book, On My Watch, which will be released on April 14th, 2020 to give meaning to it all. If one person finds that it helps me through a difficult time, then writing it was worth it. In terms of getting through trauma and ultimate healing, I often think of sea glass. It begins with a bottle broken by waves, but eventually turns into something beautiful. I felt very broken for a long time, but I am still able to bring beauty to this life I live. I want people to know that in order to really get through something, you have to accept that you are forever changed. But you also need to know that you can carry joy right next to your pain and still have a wonderful life. Hmm. Did you catch it? 
Did you catch the happy life, the live a life you love? Did you catch that in there at all? When she ends it with, I felt very broken for a long time, but I'm still able to bring beauty to this life I live. Living the life you love and the loving life you live doesn't have to do with getting the perfect job, getting the perfect spouse, the perfect family, even in the midst of pain like sea glass. We can still bring beauty. We can still live the life we love, even if everything isn't perfect. Like she said, I want people to know that in order to really get through something, you have to accept that you are forever changed, but you also need to know that you can carry joy right next to your pain and still have a wonderful life. A happy life is a lifestyle where you get and keep happy, joy, no matter what the circumstances are around you. Which leads me right into the oath of allegiance. You've got the Pledge of Allegiance, but you also have the Oath of Allegiance. And if anybody wants to become a citizen of the United States, if they come from another country, from somewhere else, they want to become a citizen of the United States, they have to take this oath. They take this oath in the military. This oath was started in 1790, over 200 years ago. And at that point, it was very, you're, you're making a commitment that you are going to be loyal to the country that you're choosing to be a citizen in. Now, maybe it's different if you grew up in a country. You just were born there. But if you're choosing to become a citizen of another country, I think that's a very powerful thing to do. I think it's very smart to say, I want to become a citizen here. Why do you want to become a citizen here? Why not just stay where you're at? Well, you want to become a citizen at that country because you you want to be loyal to that country. You love that country and want to become loyal to it. That's why I love this whole oath of allegiance. And here's the quote that I want to talk about in that. And I've seen it on TV, um, Netflix, maybe a movie. I can't remember, but I've seen it more than once. But I had to look it up because I didn't know it well enough. But in there, when they say this oath of allegiance, there's a line in there where you say, I will support and defend the Constitution and laws of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic. In this story of Virginia Buckingham, you know, where we're so angry at the terrorists who invaded our lives and changed things forever for the United States of America. But while we're angry at them, we're finding someone to blame that wasn't even their fault. And we, while we blame terrorists, we terrorize ourselves. Virginia Buckingham, that was, I would say that's an act of terrorism on her. She did nothing wrong. I mean, she was two chief of staffs for two Massachusetts governors. And that fast, when the tax hit, she was doing nothing wrong. She was doing nothing out of the ordinary. But because that attack hit, and it's almost like we had to have someone to blame, we went after her. She lost her job. And for decades, she had to face through that and probably still has to face through a lot of that. I think we need to stand up and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And if we're not careful, it's so easy to point fingers at other people and say they're bad and they're terrorists and they're doing all this stuff. But when we get online, when we say things, when we make sure that somebody knows what this person did to me, and when we go, oftentimes we're doing the same thing. I'm not downplaying tragedy that happens in people's lives. I'm not doing that at all. I would never do that. That's not what I'm saying. 
but I'm saying that foreign terrorists aren't the only terrorists. <laughs> Sometimes we can terrorize people in our own house, in our own friend group, in our own workplace. But what I think what makes my country great, at least for me, is in the Pledge of Allegiance that as a kid you learn indivisible under God with liberty and justice for all. Indivisible, unable to be divided, unable to be separated. The United States of America, not the divided states of America. So I posted this podcast to honor those worthy of honoring and remember those worthy of remembering. And I'm sorry for all of you that have lost somebody very important to you. I honor you and I honor those people. I think that's all I have left to say. This isn't our normal ending for Happy Life Studios, but I just, I'm just feeling the weight of this day and the weight of these heroes and these people. There are heroes that happen in that day of tragedy, and that's why there's happy in here as well. But I don't feel like the same Jimmy Durante makes someone happy song at the very end. <laughs> I think I'm going to close with another song because I'm feeling a little heavy today, and that's okay. It's all right. Like that article said, I felt very broken for a long time, but I'm still able to bring beauty to this life. I want people to know that in order to really get through something, you have to accept that you're forever changed. But you also need to know that you can carry joy right next to your pain and still have a wonderful life. So as we end this podcast, we're going to end it differently. We can choose a different song. And, and I think it would be good if we took that time to have a moment of silence, a moment of reflection, thinking about the heroes that gave their life.